Well, hey, good morning. My name is Nick Schatz. I'm the executive pastor here. Uh, thank you, Sherry. Not to be confused with Nick Mance, the pastor for student ministry. In case you're wondering why my voice changed from last week, that was him. So this is me. But good morning. It's good to be with you all today. We're going to be in Philippians 2. So if you have a Bible, a print Bible, or an electronic Bible, whichever one, you can turn there or tap there, whatever the case may be for you, to Philippians 2. And uh, while you're going there, I just kind of introduce things a little bit to give you time to, to reach that text. So if I'm honest, as I was, as I was kind of going over those verses in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 5 is what we're going to look at, a, a thought hit me, a thought kind of hit me. And it's a question that I've been asking myself kind of on and off for the last uh, 20-some years. I've been, I've been attending church ever since I was maybe 10 years old or so. This was my mom and stepdad, uh, and I started going to church. And I've been going to church ever since, right? And the thought hit me as I was reading this, why, why do I, why have I always gone to church and been a part of a, a church? You know, there's a formality and uh, every, every time I move, I find one that I, that I join. There's this formal process of joining. There's kind of this affiliation. Sometimes, like in this case, there's a denomination attached to it. I mean, why, well, why do I attend church and why do I feel like I need to be connected to a particular church? Because the reality is I, I, appreciate the, I appreciate the worship band and I appreciate uh, what, what happens up here. But the truth is I could go home in a couple of hours and I can crank up YouTube and I can listen to Hillsong and Bethel Music and, and Jesus Culture. I mean, you name a famous worship band and I can go home and I can, and I can sing like I would never sing in a crowd like this <laughs> for your sake. I, I could sing and, 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 you know, worship and stuff in my living room. I mean, I, I appreciate the, the, the teaching that happens here. I mean, George is, he's not too bad, right? So I, I, I appreciate that. But the truth is I could go online. I could, on, on my phone here, my podcast, sometimes I even do this. I can, I can pull up, name a famous preacher, a famous teacher, a famous communicator on the Bible. And I could, I could pull up all their stuff in a matter of minutes. I mean, Tony Evans, John Tyson, Joyce Meyer, Andy Stanley, you, you name a famous preacher, teacher, uh, uh, communicator, I could pull up all their stuff and I could do it from the comfort of, I don't know, my, my car, you know, wherever I happen to be at the moment. I like our connect groups that we have, but the truth is no matter what topic they're discussing in a particular connect group, I can go on Amazon and I can order whatever from, you know, the, the smartest PhDs that, that are out there on that given topic, or maybe I have a book already on that topic. I even like the donuts they have here. You guys like the donuts out there? I like those, but the truth is, couldn't we all get in our car and, and raid uh, duck donuts right now? And for a buck fifty, have a fresh one, have a warm one, have the chocolate drizzle on top and the peanuts and all that. I mean, I could, I could do that, and that's for less than the cost of the dry cleaning on this shirt. I could, I could do that. So, so why, do I come, why, why do I need to be affiliated with a particular church? And there's a lot of churches out there. I mean, here's another question. Why, why couldn't I just attend here, and then if there's a guest speaker or something cool going on or a series or whatever somewhere else, I could go there? Next week, I realize I work here, so this is a bit awkward, but, but why couldn't I do that? And, and why couldn't, uh, you know, if there's this great kids thing going on at some church, I send my kids there. If there's a cool youth group, I send my kids to that youth group. If, if there's a men's thing going on, I can go to that. My wife can go to the women's thing somewhere. I mean, well, you know, what, why, do I, why do I have to be affiliated or connected or, or have this formality, this, this joining, this membership, this all in this with, with one particular church? Do I, do I have to do that? And to be honest, I think that everyone in this room Maybe you're wondering that right now, but, but maybe I would say all of us at some point have, have kind of asked ourselves these kind of questions. I mean, maybe you're a parent, you have small kids at home, and just getting here on Sunday is like herding cats, you know? Like you meant to come to the 8 o'clock service, but here you are. <laughs> you just, why can't I just sit in my living room and do a little devotion, sing a couple songs, and just call it a day? I mean, why can't I just have a worshipful experience 
right there at home. Or maybe you're an introvert, you're a real reflective person, and I mean, you, you would feel much, I mean, all the people here, the noise, it's just, it's, it's a little distracting. And honestly, if you were just floating down the Susquehanna with Jesus, like you'd, you, that would be a much better experience for you. You feel that would be more worshipful than coming here. Maybe you're a really active person and, and you're, you're sitting here wondering, I got to listen to this guy in a purple shirt talk for 30 minutes. Man, there's people that need the gospel. I got to get out there and give it to them. Why do I come here? Why? I mean, right. Or maybe you're a teenager and you're thinking this is all just kind of a big waste of time. I can go on social media and I can interact with diverse people from all across the world on matters of faith and be, and be a part of these online communities. Why, why do I have to come to this particular church? I think at some point, all of us have, have asked this question, or again, maybe, maybe this is something that you ask yourself every week when you come here. Why do I feel a need to come to this specific church that's here? And it kind of resurrects two questions that I heard. He didn't formally ask them, but two weeks ago, Pastor George kind of indirectly asked these two questions that, that I want to pose before you today. Here's the first question. Am I all in for Jesus? Am I all in with Jesus? And hopefully you can answer that question with an affirmative, with a yes. Man, I'm all in. Jesus is, is my Lord. He's my Savior. I'm, I'm going to obey him. I am all in. I'm committed. Uh, I'm, I'm accountable to him. I'm, I'm, all, I'm sold out, if you want to say that. I'm, I am all in for Jesus. I'm a Jesus follower. Nothing's going to stop that. And hopefully, hopefully everyone in here could, can say affirmatively, yes, that's, that's the case. Now, here's a second question. It's a very different question, but it is related. Here's a second question. Am I all in at a particular local church? Since we're here, I'll say Hershey Free. Am I all in at Hershey Free Church? In other words, this is my church. You guys are, are my people. I'm committed to you. I'm accountable to you. I'm going to follow the mission of, 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 of us. I'm going to follow the vision of our leaders and our elders. This is my church, and I'm all in right here. So here's what I want to wrestle with for a second. Can I say yes to the first one? And no to the second one, right? In other words, can I have God as my father without having the church as my mother? Can I be all in for Jesus, but not necessarily be all in at a particular local church? And the answer to that question is, sure. Of course you can. Yeah, yeah, of course you can be all in for Jesus, but not be tied to it to a formal or, or join some kind of church or, or be a member or, or be affiliated with a particular. Yeah, of course you can be committed to Jesus without being formally integrated into a particular formal structured local church you can of course you can however you've been waiting for a however haven't you however if you're going to take Jesus seriously you have to take his new covenant seriously the the bible the new testament specifically and if you're going to take that seriously you can't gloss over what we're about to read without really understanding what's going on here so let's open up that again uh, in Philippians chapter 2 and I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 with us together Here's what Philippians 2 says. <clears throat> Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking on your own interests, but each of you on the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, as I was going through that text, I tell you, something that instantly just kind of came to mind was, was this particular toy, this puzzle set that my kids had growing up. 
And so earlier this week, I went back home, I opened the drawers, and I dug through some of the puzzles that they had. And, and honestly, they don't play with these anymore because they're a little bit elementary. Now, you should be very impressed because the box said one to two years, and I can do this in a second. So you should be very impressed with that, first off. However, uh, th- this puzzle set has a series of, it's meant to be kind of like the first, your kid's first puzzle set, right? And so it's only two pieces. Most of them are only two pieces. They go up, I mean, they go up to four. So, you know, it gets more, it gets twice as challenging. But uh, this is, so this is a kind of a semicircle and there's various pictures on here that are also semicircles to kind of teach them uh, that shape, you know, rainbow and orange slice, taco shell, that kind of thing. So, so this this is an example of one of these puzzles. And and my kids would do this and, and it was fun to do it with them. There's one puzzle that, that they really liked, just like the other ones, but it drove me nuts. And it was this one. It's actually a three-piece puzzle, but there's a piece missing, and it drove me nuts. Now, we didn't throw it away because there was some value to this. I mean, my kids like the color blue. They like the shapes that's on here, this kind of thing. This is supposed to be a triangle, so all the shapes on here are, you know, there's a pizza slice and, uh, and a sailboat um, top there. But, so it's meant to be a triangle, but this does not form a triangle. I don't, this is some kind of wonky something or another, right? Because there's a piece missing. It's incomplete. I, again, I didn't throw it away because my kids still like to play with it, but it's not complete, now, there's a word here that's in Philippians 2, and this is what jogged my mind of this. He uses the word, make my joy complete. And basically what he's saying is, there's four ifs that we're going to look at in a second. And he's saying, if these things are true, it's not quite enough. You have to complete your faith in this way. So let's look at that. Let's look at those four ifs that come up in Philippians 2, verse 1. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. And then he goes on. Now, now we have to realize that these ifs, they're, they're meant to be ironic. They're meant to be, well, yeah, of course that's true. He's not really, at, it's, it's a question that's not meant to have an answer. And here, here's the four kind of listed for you, just so you can see the structure of this verse. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love and so forth. In other words, is it great to have this relationship with Jesus? Are you glad that you've been unified with Jesus, that he's forgiven you of your sins, you're atoned for? You, you, have, you can have this personal relationship with God. There's, there, you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit living in you. Is, is there tenderness? Is there compassion? Is there encouragement? Do you get strength every morning when you wake up knowing this is true? Well, well of course. Hopefully you would say, yes, of course. If this, if that, if this, if that, we're waiting for the then. If all this is true, and I... I mean, I think we would all agree that this is true. Of course this is true. Having a relationship with Jesus, man, this, is, this means more to me than anything. Yes, this is true. If that's true, look at verse 2. If there's any consolation in Christ, here's what he says. Then, here's the then, then make my joy complete. Because if all that's true, that's very good. That's very good to have a relationship with Jesus. If that's all true, that's great, but it's not complete. And before we read on to read what he, what he says completes it, I just want us to sit in what it means to be this discombobulated puzzle for a second. It's not complete. I can read my Bible every morning. I can pray every morning. I can just pour out my heart to God. I can, I can practice spiritual disciplines. I can meditate. I can, I can practice solitude. I can practice fasting. I mean, I can, I, can, I can have this great relationship with God. However, if it ends there, if it goes vertical, it goes this way, and it doesn't go this way. If it stops, if my relationship with God is just a personal thing, it's incomplete. Here's how I would word that. An isolated faith is an incomplete faith. An isolated faith is an incomplete faith. 
And you can read devotional books if you want. You can read theology books if you want. You can practice spiritual disciplines if you want. And all those things are very good and they're very helpful. And, and yes, of course, this is very comforting and, and the other things that we read in verse 1. However, if that's the extent of your relationship, if your relationship is a very personal thing and that's it, it's an isolated faith. And, and Paul would say it's, it's not complete. It's incomplete. Now, I wonder why this is the case. Why is that the case? That if my faith only goes this way and I'm only devoted to Jesus, but I'm not devoted and committed and accountable to actual people, why is it incomplete? Well, I think a couple things can happen. Number one, I can easily become a spiritual tourist as I read my Bible. I can pick this up and, and I, can, I can read the accounts of, of what's in the Bible and I can forget that this book is infused with stories of other people. I can read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and I can forget that these books, these, these letters, these gospels would not exist had Jesus not surrounded himself with a local community of people who knew him and that he knew as well. I can read the letters of the New Testament, such as Philippians, and realize that Philippians would not exist had there not been an actual formal, local, established, structured church that was there to receive the letter. The book of John would, or the book of Revelation written by John would not exist were there no church of Ephesus and Thessalonica and such to receive these letters. There's this, there's this actual structured community that existed to receive these things. I can read through the prophets and, and sometimes I can forget that were there no organized religion in place, there would be no prophets. Were there no people involved in my relationship, other people involved in my relationship with God, there would be no Old Testament to read. I can read this and I can function as a spiritual tourist. I'm walking through the book of Philippians. I'm snapping photos from my Instagram feed and I'm cutting out verses that say I can do all things through Christ and that makes me feel good, but I'm a tourist. And the reality is I don't want to be a tourist. I don't want to read about the church of Philippi. I want to be the church of Philippi. I don't want to read about Jesus and what his disciples did. I want to do what they did. I don't want to be a tourist. And if, we, if, if, if my relationship with God just stops right here and it's just a personal thing with me sitting up on a mountain somewhere... It's, 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 it's good, it's, it's great, I can, I can leave feeling great about myself. However, it's, it's not complete. It's not complete. He says, complete my joy, or, and his joy is represented by your progress in the faith. You can read about that at the end of chapter 1, especially verse 27. So I can become a spiritual tourist. Secondly, I can become a spiritual giant in my own mind because it's easy to be the tallest, biggest guy in the room when I'm the only one in the room, Right? And I can go and I can, I can tell you guys, man, I read my Bible this morning. It was awesome. And I prayed and I just poured out my heart to God. And it was so real that I just busted out into song. And it was, I just feel so connected to God right now. I've been fasting and I just, I'm, I feel so godly right now. And it's easy to feel godly when there's nobody around me who needs me. Because, man, I can keep my tank full if I'm not ever having to pour it out. I can feel really godly when there's nobody around me challenging me to take a next step. I can feel really godly when there's nobody sitting around me in the living room, in the room asking me, so how are you living with Jesus? How are you loving others like him? How are you leading others to do the same? If nobody's asking me these kind of questions, if nobody's asking things of me, if I don't have this community around me, of course I'm a spiritual giant. I read my Bible today, right? That's just kind of, the, I, don't, I don't have blind spots. Where are they, right? I can become a tourist. I can become a spiritual giant in my own mind. That's because isolated faith is an incomplete faith. Now, of course, the question hopefully we're all asking is this, how, how do I complete my faith then? Well, the short answer is you complete it with other people. Let's, let's keep reading in verse number two. He says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, 
Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking on your own interests, but on the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In short, he's saying that faith without community is incomplete faith. And so if I have a Christian community, if I'm following Jesus sitting alongside of others who I know and who know me and we're all following Jesus together, that's what completes this puzzle piece. That's what can complete my faith. Now, here's a catch. I actually have two catches. The first catch is this. I don't have the luxury of picking and choosing who I want to be in my faith community and who I don't really want to talk with, right? I don't, I don't have the luxury of picking and choosing. Here's the second catch. I don't have the luxury of self-selecting how committed I'm going to be to those in my faith community. Let me say that again. I don't have the luxury, if I'm going to, if I'm going to fulfill what's going on in chapter 2, I don't have the luxury of picking and choosing who's going to be in my faith community and then excluding others. And secondly, I don't have the luxury of self-selecting how committed and how devoted and how one another I'm going to be with those other people around me. And I say that to say this because when we read Philippians 2 and we read those verses, it's very easy for us to read those and interpret them very simplistically and just say, well, Paul is basically saying I should be kind to other people I know. I should be considerate of other people. I should love other people. I should be kind to other people. I should be a nice guy. That's what he's saying. But that's not what he's saying. Philippians 2 is not a Hallmark card, right? It's not that simplistic. It's not that fluffy. I don't get to choose what he means when he says this one another stuff because I'll tell you this, when the first church, when the original recipients of this letter read this letter, I guarantee you they did not read this and walk away going, I should be nicer. They did not interpret it that way. This was written by an actual man. His name was Paul. He was a church planter. He addressed it to the actual formal affiliated, whatever you want to say. There was a formal structured church at Philippi that he sent this to. You can read the very first verse of the letter. It, he, he even says, written to the church at Philippi and to the elders and the deacons. So there was even a leadership structure in place. And he wrote it to, this was not addressed to the postmaster, tacked on a bulletin board with the words to whom it may concern, to all the anonymous believers who happen to follow Jesus in Philippi. That is not the context of this letter. This was written to a church. And that, that early church, they didn't have these elaborate buildings like this. Instead, they, they didn't have they, the church couldn't own property at all. That wasn't really a concept they had thought of at that point, in, in fact, for, for a few centuries here. But the, the structure of that church was that they had elders who oversaw the church as a whole, and then those elders were in charge or, or leading or shepherding these various house churches that were spread out throughout Philippi. And as the church grew, other house churches would come about. There would be more elders and pastors to lead those churches. And so I want you to picture this. I want you to picture that you're in a living room right now. It's a large open living room. You're sitting around with, let's say there's, there's, there's 40 other people in this house with you. And you know every single one of these people. You know who they are. You know their name. You know their kids' names. You know what they do for a living. You know what their hobbies are and what they like. You know some of the things they're praying for. You know some of the things that they're wrestling with, that they're insecure about. And they know you. They know what you wrestle with. They know, that, they know what your job is. They know what you enjoy to do. I mean, they, you guys have prayed with each other. You've shared meals with each other. You've been to each other's. I mean, you guys know each other well. And throughout the evening, you've been singing together. You've been praying for one another. You've been, you've been sharing a meal. You've even shared communion with these people. You've been doing this little worship service within the context of this house church. And then the pastor of the house church stands up with a letter from Paul. He, he gets your attention. Hey, everybody, as you finish up your blueberry pie or whatever you're eating, as you finish that up, I, I have a letter that I want to read to you from the apostle Paul who planted this church. And as you picture that house pastor, I want you to picture somebody here that you know. Picture one of our elders on staff. I see, Mark, I see Mark Wakefield over here. I want you to picture Mark. And Mark stands up in this house and he knows you. And you know him. That's your pastor. 
You guys know each other. There are deep relationships that are going on here. And he begins to read this letter to you. And he reads it and says, be like-minded. Have the same love. Be one in spirit. Be on the same page. Be on the same mission. Be, be of one mind. Be on the same page with each other. In humility, value others even more than your own self. In your relationships, in your relationships, not acquaintances with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. I guarantee you, nobody in that room is thinking, oh, I should be more nice to people. Nobody's thinking that. That is not the context of what's going on. And if you were to ask somebody what, what that meant, they would have said, well, it's obvious what he meant. He means, this is my church. These are, you, you are my people. And I'm yours. And I'm committed to you. And you're committed to me. And I'm for you. And you're for me. And I'm accountable to you. And you're accountable to me. And I'm going to follow the vision of this collective group. And I'm going to follow the mission and the vision of the leadership. This is, this is my church. I'm for you. You're for me. This, this is our church. And you could tap them on the shoulder. Hey, that was a great speech. I need a clarification. Are you saying that you're all in for Jesus or for this particular church? First, they would look at you very confused because they had never been asked that question before. That wasn't an option. There was no category for this. And then secondly, they would have said, both. How can I be, how can I be all in this way but not be all in this way? How can I confess my sins this way and not do it this way? How can, how can I be committed this way and not committed this way? How can I be accountable to him but not accountable to you and to you and to you and to you? How can I love him but not love you and you and you? How, how can I do this without doing this? That doesn't, is that an option? <laughs> they would not have understood this concept, right? This is the context in which is, these, these words of being in one in spirit and having the same love and valuing others, these were concrete things for the original readers of this audience, and they didn't mean be nice to people that you know. You can't self-select who's in that house church, and you can't, you, can't, you can't pick and choose what your level of commitment is to them. You're all in for these particular people. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of something like that. I want to be affiliated. I want to be formal. I want to be all in, not just for Jesus, but for this official local thing. I mean, it reminds me of, of junior high dodgeball man I know guys I know I'm slow I know I can't throw it but I just want on the team somebody pick me I mean I want to be in on this I don't want to read about the church of Philippi I want to be that and that's the context of what's going on in this letter here now I want to point out an elephant in the room here we're not in a living room with 40 people I don't know how many people is in here I can't estimate very well somewhere between Somewhere between 20 and 1,000. I don't know. We're, we're somewhere in there in this room, right? And this is one service. There's another service after it. There was a service before it with a couple hundred people. I mean, the, the reality is that, the, the reality is, is, is that I, I, I don't know you. I'm sorry. I, I know your face. I know we've talked before. But I don't know. I, I can't think of your name. I can't think of your kids' names. I don't know what you do for a living. You probably don't know me. You might know my kids because I sell goofy stories of them every once in a while when I have a mic, which is dangerous. I, I, realize, I, I just I don't know you. I wish I did. The, the reality is I don't know many of you. And many of you don't really know me. You know my name because I introduced myself, but that's about the extent of it. And so this is why at Hershey, at this particular church, here, here's kind of a piece of what we mean by being engaged, by being all in at Hershey Free. This is why we have established a group's ministry within our church. We have these groups in which are smaller contexts where you can build community. We have connect groups, of course, the focus has been, has been small groups. Because, here, because here's a greater truth. 
I do have a small group and I know them. There's two of them right here. I know them. I, I, know, what, I, I, I know many things. I've been to your house. I've, I've grilled burgers with you. You've been to my house. I've burnt burgers for you. I mean, we, 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 we know each other, right? We, we have, I feel like I, I know some of the things that you guys wrestle with and are praying for, and you know some of the things that I'm wrestling with and, and, and praying for. And, and we, 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 we know, I feel like we can at least at some level fulfill what's going on in Philippians 2, or Philippians 2 verses 2 through 5. It's one thing, to, and, and I'm glad that you're attending here, and that's a great thing, but if that's the extent of your connection to Hershey Free Church, I, I would encourage you to, hey, let's go a little deeper. Let's get connected. Of course, the other elephant in the room is this. Some of you have done this. Man, I've been coming here for years. I've, I've been, I'm in part of a group right now, but I don't feel like anybody really knows me in my group. I don't feel like I know anybody else really well in my group. I'm on a serve team. I mean, I've, I've, the put-me-in coach thing, I signed up for that. Like, I, I've done all the things that you guys tell me to do, but I still don't feel connected. I still don't feel engaged here. I, I still feel like I come here and it's just small talk. I shake hands and talk about the weather and football teams. And I, I, I feel like that's, I, I realize that's the case. And the truth is, this is not a simple thing. This is not an easy thing. Sometimes it takes being vulnerable over and over. Sometimes it takes trying to get plugged into a community like a small group over and over until it finally works. In fact, there's a video clip I want to show you of a couple in our church or over here. He was up on the stage singing, Cameron. We're going to show you a, a video of them. And this is a testimony of someone who they tried community. It didn't work. They tried it again. It didn't work. They, and now they feel like they have. Now they feel like they've completed a part of this puzzle. Watch this video with me. My name is Rachel Benjen. And I'm Cameron Benjen. We've been coming to Hershey Free for four years now. And we have our son, Sebastian, who's two. So a little after we started coming to Hershey, um, we knew that we wanted to get connected. Um, so we went to a session where they were explaining more about um, what small groups are here and what connect groups there are. And um, that's when we learned about Live Love Lead groups. Um, and we decided that we wanted to be part of that. We felt that we wanted to join a Live Love Lead group because we wanted to feel like we were more connected with the church and have relationships with people, meeting new people, and especially since we now have a son and he does go to Hilltop, we wanted to make sure that he was getting um, some interaction with other kids and hopefully to try and meet people that are around our age that have younger kids for Sebastian. And this is him. <laughs> Deb connected with us and we told her that we wanted a very specific type of group. We knew that we wanted Sebastian to be involved with the group, um, to be part of the conversation. So like when we were praying, we wanted um, him to learn that praying's okay and it's something that's absolutely normal. Um, so our first group, we got the names and um, we said that we would be leaders uh, because we wanted that very specific type of group. So. Um, we got the names and we met with one of the couples and they soon had a baby thereafter. And as any new parent, you know, it's very busy and it's hard to get out of the house. So that group didn't work out. So then probably another four months have passed and Deb gave us um, another contact and they reached out to us. And while uh, they were very welcoming to have us be part of their group, it just wasn't uh, a fit for our family at the time because um, the other members didn't have any children in their uh, small group. So um, we didn't find another group 
Um, but we were still yeah. willing to keep looking for a group to that would match with us. And then finally, it was about probably last October, we were given two couples' names, and we were told that both of these couples had two-year-old boys. So we were really excited because it was exactly what we were looking for. So we, um, we sent them emails and they got back to us and we met at a playground and it was like a perfect match because everyone was so like, they had the same vision for their group, small group as we had for our small group. So it just worked out that, um, we have a small group now. <laughs> if anyone out there is looking to find their perfect small group at Hershey Free Church, don't give up because if I think if we would have given up, we wouldn't be in the position that we are right now. Um, there are so many benefits of having a small group. You get to meet new people and form relationships and make relationships with someone that sits like three rows in front of you at church and you wouldn't have even known. So um, we're really happy that we didn't give up and kept going. So even if you think that you can't um, find a small group or get connected, just reach out to Deb or reach out to us. If you see us, be like, hey, because you can be in our small group. Hey, thank you, Benjins, for sharing that. Your group may expand to like 200 after that video, after that last comment. Uh, what, what I really appreciate, I mean, appreciate everything they said, but what I really appreciate is we, we tried the group thing. You said to do the group thing. We tried the group thing. It didn't work. But then they, they kept trying. They kept trying. And I realize that the answer to all of your you know, isolation problems is not just, hey, join a group and that'll fix it all. I mean, this, I, what I appreciate about the video is that they recognized that we're not called to join community, we're called to create community. We're not called to just be in a room with community, we're called to, 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 to actively pursue this and to create that kind of community. And so that's, why, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we at this church hope for, for everyone who comes here, to, to be engaged and to be all in at Hershey Free. And so if you're not in a small group and you'd like to be in one tonight at 6 p.m. right down the hallway down here in the Core Cafe, we're going to be matching up as best we can. Deb's over here. We're going to be matching up people as best we can in a group on the spot. So hopefully you can come um, to that tonight.